Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Hello and welcome. And first, a note of apology if you tried to log on and download our podcast uh, over the last week. We've had some spotty issues with our website hosting. And uh, I apologize for that, but uh, we seem to be up and running, knock on wood, uh, now and uh, should hopefully not have those issues in the past. But if you ever uh, encounter any trouble trying to download the podcast, uh, certainly please drop us a note and we will uh, work with our providers right away to get that taken care of. So for those of you who tried to log on in the last week or so, I do apologize for that. Uh, This time I wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, communication ideas, and I have come back uh, just a week ago from the SCCE uh, Compliance and Ethics Institute in Las Vegas. It was kind of a whirlwind. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of download about that, but then also I wanted to talk about some communication ideas, just three ideas that um, I wanted to throw out there that are you know, maybe taking a different perspective around informal compliance communications. Communications was certainly something that uh, I had several conversations with uh, people about at SCCE. Um, uh, several really interesting um, uh, uh, panels and um, presentations there at SCC, as always. Um, this is the last year for um, uh, Roy Snell being the uh, president of uh, the organization, uh, along with HCCA, the Healthcare Compliance Officers Association. Um, but uh, it, it, so there's some transition going on within that organization, but as always, I found a lot to uh, take in at SCCE. And for those of you who have never gone to one of their events, and again, I know <laughs> so in the past people have said, boy, you really uh, push on SCCE, but I really find that if you're looking for practical advice and practical insight, it's it's one of the best places you can go. Um, and I believe you can check out, I believe there are recordings of most of the sessions, uh, if not all the sessions at SCCE. So if you wanted to go back and kind of look through the agenda and see what was interesting, um, you can always listen to it, even if you can't, if you weren't able to make it out there. Uh, you you still have the ability to uh, experience some of the really interesting information and dialogue that went on. Um, just three topics that I saw uh, over that uh, couple day period that I thought were particularly interesting. There was a great session on unconscious bias. That session was uh, run by Michael Johnson, who's the CEO of Clear of the Clear Law Institute. Um, as you know, I occasionally we'll do, uh, full disclosure, we'll do webinars for Clear Law. I actually have never met the man. I wanted to try to meet him uh, that, that day, but it didn't work out. So, uh, uh, but that was a great session. There was also um, uh, a couple of r- good informational se- se- sessions on things like uh, what is an OIG office and, and how and why should you care? That was actually the title of the, the, um, uh, of the session. Uh, with uh, Mr. Coney, who's the uh, special agent in charge at the Department of Interior's Office of Inspector General. So talking a little bit about the OIG and how that interfaces with compliance, which is always interesting. Um, uh, And there were things, uh, there were sessions on, uh, for instance, uh, compliance at nonprofits and uh, NGOs uh, and international organizations, things like that, that I think, uh, again, if you go to uh, SCCE's website, um, uh, Corporate Compliance 
org, I believe. Um, and they, uh, if you check it, check it out. I think most of these sessions, if not all of them, and I think probably all of them, were recorded. And if so, if you can't make it to one of these uh, events, uh, but there are particular sessions that you might be interested in, I think there's the ability for you to, to check those out, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, but overall, I thought it was, a, uh, as always, it's, it's, it's fun to go uh, to, to these events and see what's new and see, see people you know and see people that are new to the event and, and just learning about compliance um, and uh, be able to have these discussions around things that are important. And one of the things that did come up uh, in several of the discussions that I had while I was in Las Vegas last week is uh, informal communications. Um, you know, I, I often say, and I think it's true, that uh, if you look at the sentencing guidelines, the hallmarks of the sentencing guidelines, the thing that is probably hardest to define and hardest to implement uh, forever, and, and is st still remains that the case, is incentives. But I think right after that, the thing that usually gets short shrift uh, uh, besides uh, 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 incentives is communication. We focus so much still to this day, focus so much on, um, on, on formal training, on online training or live training or, you know, how are we going to train? Do, you know, what are training statistics? You know, there's just such a, if you, if there are two things that an organization has in their compliance program, one is a training program of some sort and the second is a code of conduct. Uh, training gets a lot of oxygen and if you go like for instance to um, an event like SCCE and you walk around the uh, exhibit hall and look at all the event uh, all the vendors uh, I didn't I didn't total them up but I bet if I did at least a quarter if not 30 30 percent or more of the vendors there are are offering some sort of online training uh, or some sort of training uh piece of the puzzle even you know even a small organization like mine Moorhead Compliance Consulting we offer we don't offer online training but we offer uh, formal live training uh, training gets a lot of attention and informal communication doesn't but it's important to remember that uh, if you look at the sentencing guideline standards and if you look at guidance from the Department of Justice including the the February 2017 memo on on what makes an effect you know those questions for judging the effectiveness of your compliance program, communications are in there. Uh, communications are important. But much like incentives, we don't really have much guidance on what that looks like, what that is. Um, now, traditionally, I think informal communications have been top-down and have uh, their genesis, if you will, from the compliance department or those people responsible for compliance that are listening to this podcast. Um, so it's been a directed message. It's been a newsletter. It's been short videos. It's been something, uh, but it's been coming uh, from the 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 source of the information is the compliance department. So three things I wanted to talk about just 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 to kind of uh, shake up maybe your thinking around uh, informal communication and maybe uh, uh, cause you to to consider some other options for informal communication. And the first one is integration with other departments, other messages, other sources of that messaging. Um, I've talked about this before, but I wanted to spend a little bit more time kind of digging into it a little bit. This notion of getting operational personnel, operational management, people who are known quantities in the organization uh, involved in the messaging. We are pretty good, again, at distributing messages directly from the compliance department or the person that's ultimately responsible for compliance. We're also pretty good at getting the CEO 
uh, to uh, occasionally uh, opine uh, about compliance and ethics uh, and talk about the importance. If nothing else, you have that letter uh, on the second or third page of our code of conduct from the CEO that talks about that. What we're less good at uh, typically is getting operational management to on a periodic basis or to, to discuss or integrate the discussion of compliance topics and the importance of compliance in their communications. And I think integration is key here. Um, you know, it's great if you can get uh, operational managers, uh, senior officials within the organization, people who are well known, uh, to speak specifically on a particular risk topic at a particular time, whether that's an annual sales meeting where you get, uh, they have a, a, a 20 minute speech and you get them to, to name check compliance and the importance of compliance. But I think it's, it can be more effective if you can integrate get them to integrate compliance messaging in their in their everyday communications in their frequent communications not just on those one-offs uh, once every year or, or whenever you can get their attention uh, to speak speak for two or three minutes or five minutes about a particular compliance topic get them to integrate as much as possible in other messaging that's going on uh, managers speak to their uh, reports all the time they talk to them about targets they talk to them about uh, initiatives, they talk to them about new products, they talk to them about a, a million different things. And if you can get them to agree to integrate into that discussion on a regular basis some aspect of compliance, even something simple like, you know, hey, talk about speaking up, talk about asking questions, talk about transparency, talk about how these are important values for our organization. If something doesn't seem right, come to me, come to your manager. Uh, come forward and and, and uh, uh, bring up the issue and let's discuss it. Uh, you know, that's a compliance message. Uh, so it doesn't need to necessarily be specific to a particular topic like anti-corruption or, or harassment or what have you, but it certainly can be. Uh, and, and there are opportunities for managers all throughout our organizations to have these discussions much more frequently and much more um, and much more frequently these days, particularly around topics like harassment, which are front burner issues for a lot of people, uh, at least here in North America over the last uh, 18 months or so. So we can talk, uh, we, can, we can provide some background for, for these discussions. We can provide some uh, research or some bullet points or some other uh, tangible uh, collateral to provide to these managers, but the more important thing is for them to integrate, I think. Um, because what we don't want, where, where I think we're falling down on communications a lot uh, in the compliance realm, is we're failing to integrate. We're failing to make, uh, compliance is still the other. It's that additional message. That's that other thing we have to do. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, uh, I have, I'm, I'm here in Texas and for a long time, uh, out in the oil patch uh, with uh, uh, oil oil field services companies and and and, and uh, generators and and other people in the energy industry, uh, it's not unco it's not uncommon for them to have a safety minute, uh, and those have kind of morphed into compliance minutes or or, or other compliance discussions with many of my. Uh, um, uh, clients over the years. So before you know, they have any kind of meeting where they talk about anything else, then everybody shares something. They talk about safety, talk about um, talk about compliance. I don't think that's bad, but it's sort of a 
uh, it's sort of like the appendix. It's it's there, uh, but we're not really sure what it's for. Uh, and 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 I I think the more we can integrate uh, discussion of compliance and speak up culture into the broader discussion that we have about. Uh, about our goals, about the mission of the organization, about uh, our, 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 our plans for the near future, about the specific initiatives that we're talking about, the better and, and more important those messages are. If we're talking about the fact that, hey, when we have problems, we have operational problems when things aren't working out, and you see a process deficiency where we can improve, then we want to talk about that. And by the same token, we want to come forward if there's anything going on that we have a question or concern about. If it seems like it might be, um, you know, uh, viola- violating our policy or also this doesn't seem to to uh, jibe with our, our other goals or our values of our organization. You know, try to as seamlessly as possible encourage uh, managers and others to talk about compliance not as the other, not as the appendage uh, or, or or the appendix to a discussion about uh, the, the the particular initiatives of the day, but as integral to it. Now that's hard. It's harder to do, uh, but the more we do it, I think it becomes easier. And I think that's important integration of the message as much as possible. Um, one other thing that I want to talk about is, uh, and I'm just going to use, give you one or two examples, but think outside the box as far as communication goes, uh, particularly when you're talking about that sort of top-down communication, those resources that you're supplying. Um, you know, we've been doing posters for a long time, and posters are still very valuable, particularly if you have a lot of facilities and you have places where you can prominently um, uh, display those posters. One thing I would say about posters, if you don't already do this, put QR codes on your posters. Uh, if you don't know what a QR code is, Google it after you listen to this podcast. But QR codes are those um, those little designs that look uh, little uh, analogous to the UPC symbols that you have when you scan things at the store. So they're scannable uh, little um, uh, pick uh, little little little. Uh, I don't even know what you would call them. not really diagrams, but but scannable codes for you to be able to put in a, a web address or an email address or some other piece of information so that they can find out further information. So even something that's been around for a long time, like uh, like a poster, think outside the box. Think about how you can make the poster more interesting. Maybe you don't say everything on the poster that you want to say. Um, this is one that I. Uh, when I work with clients on putting together posters and other collateral, uh, it's a constant battle because we have a lot to say, but you probably don't want as many words on that poster uh, as you think. And, and and a good way to have more information, to, to still uh, feel like you're getting that coverage, if you will, is to have a QR code or or put up the web address for the hub for, for compliance or something like that so that they can find further information. It also can be intriguing to some portion of your population to see a QR code, particularly younger uh, 20-somethings millennials. Um, they're used to scanning QR codes. They're used to scanning things, you know, when they go into the store and or, or elsewhere to find out more information. So it's 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 second nature to them because that that uh, smartphone is sort of uh, uh, a new appendage. Uh, so so think about ways to kind of expand on um, sort of tried and true traditional uh, compliance uh, uh, collateral like posters and, and make them a little bit more interesting. And think about things that uh, you you know doing 
taking, um, going in a different direction with your informal communication that maybe you have in the past. A perfect example is I have uh, one client, and I didn't think of it, so I'm not going to give myself credit, and I'm not going to say the client is because I can't. But, uh, but, but uh, I had a client who actually said, "Hey, uh, I really like your podcast, Eric. I really want to do one internal. Um, we've got a, an event coming up, and I want to do a podcast." Uh, you know, and cover these different topics. And so I help them put together a podcast. And believe me, if I can do it, you can do it. It's not that hard to put together a podcast or a series of podcasts about a particular topic. Um, it's a lot easier to uh, sit down and get your thoughts in order and speak or have a conversation, have an interview uh, with multiple people and put together a series of, you know, maybe five minute long podcasts on on particular risk topics. And maybe you release one of those a month or, or one, one of those a quarter. Uh, it's a different way, again, to reach the population, to reach the population in a different way. So think outside the box. There's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, think of all the different ways we communicate. Um, you can, uh, uh, you know, d do a lot of this stuff without a whole lot of resources or time involved in the process. And if you don't have any time at all, there are lots of organizations out there that have collateral uh, that you can take a look at um, uh, that, that, you know, will share. Uh, and you can also find people like me and, and other organizations that will help you if you need a hand uh, to put together those things. But, but think outside the box. Do something a little different. Try to reach them in a different way. If you're just still doing the newsletter, I don't think that that's a, necessarily a problem, particularly if you know, if you're tracking it and you're getting clicks and you know people are looking at it. But if you're finding that people aren't going to the compliance website, people aren't really responding to your newsletter or your emails, then maybe it's time to think of something new. So think outside the box. And then the last thing, the third thing that I would mention to, for you to think about when uh, we're talking about informal communication, that piece of the puzzle for an effective compliance program is activities. Uh, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons, going back to our uh, talking about uh, training, one of the biggest differences between a uh, online training experience and a live training experience, for the most part, although uh, online training is getting better at this, is the ability to give and take, the interactivity, if you will, of, of the training where people can participate and have more of a conversation and the discussion maybe might go in an unplanned direction. Uh, that doesn't happen as much on an online platform, although the tools are getting more sophisticated and more adaptable. Uh, for the most part, you really have to have a live training experience, if you will, uh, for, for, for that to happen. Well, the same is true with communication. Uh, it, you know, you want to have a two-way uh, uh, communication experience as much as possible. Uh, the same way that we probably uh, find uh, delivering training one way is not as effective as you know having some feedback, the same is true for, for your informal communication. So having activities, games, um, competitions, like uh, putting together videos or, sh or, or uh, uh, some other um, uh, uh, team-based activity can be really, really helpful when you're trying 
to um, get people involved, get people to really think about these issues and and have them be uh, much more than sort of passive uh, receptors of, of the information around a particular risk topic or around uh, important issues like speaking up and asking questions. So think about activities. Think about uh, things like, for instance, uh, uh, I have a client that does uh, every year during compliance week does things like uh, compliance puzzles, like literally a puzzle. You can, for relatively small amount of money, uh, have an or uh, ha, you know order custom puzzles uh, where you can put together a puzzle as a team uh, that's going to reveal you know information about a particular risk topic or uh, or the hotline or helpline or other information. I mean that's just one example. Uh, you know I've talked about um, in many of these podcasts and, and multiple times about the success of having. Uh, video competitions or or meme competitions for those of you who are into compliance memes you know uh, create that meme competitions you know get that two-way conversation between you and the broader uh, stakeholders going Um, so activities as much as possible I think can be really helpful so just to recap you know three creative communication ideas to just think about is get outside the box, do something different, do something like a podcast, do something that you haven't done before that's going to maybe uh, uh, meet the population in a different way. Um, Activities uh, have some sort of two-way process going on here where the communication isn't simply downstream but both downstream and upstream and and get them involved in the process. And then lastly, integration as much as possible. Don't have your compliance communication as much as you can be an appendage to uh, regular communication around goals and expectations and mission of the organization. It should be part and parcel of everything that the organization does. So get find a way uh, to kind of uh, just get a little bit of compliance in on all the messaging that's going on. So there's just my just some ideas uh, to to get the get your ideas going. Um, if you have other ideas, if you have other things that you've done, I'm really interested in hearing about it. And, and if you've had some success with something completely different from what uh, I'm talking about here and what we've talked about in the past, uh, please get in touch. Uh, I'd be be really uh, pleased to hear. Um, about what you've done and and the success that you've had. Um, As always, please subscribe to the podcast. That really makes a difference for us. Please uh, let us know if you have questions, comments, or concerns. Again, sorry if you tried to log on in the last week or so and uh, our connection was a little spotty. We think we've resolved our technical issues. Uh, Luckily, uh, we are not responsible for that. Uh, We lawyers are not responsible for keeping the podcast up and running. Uh, The people who are responsible seem to have got it fixed. Uh, So hopefully that won't happen in the future. Um, And uh, as always, you can get in touch with me at eric at moreheadconsulting.com or reach us through now, (laughs) reach us through our website at compliancebeat.com. Hope to have some interesting announcements coming up here soon um, uh, on maybe some um, more free webinars as we get into the holiday season. I'm going to try to put one or two more on before the end of the year, uh, and I'll let you know uh, about that so that you can participate if you're interested. Um, Otherwise, uh, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.